0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Base Hit Ball 4 podcast. My name is Glenn Zedegers, alongside, as always, Alex Cashman, Scott Roswald, and Tyler Blumenstick. About two weeks away from spring training, moves are still continuing to happen. We're still waiting on Trevor Bauer, who seems to be taking his sweet-ass time, deciding to sign anywhere. But a huge blockbuster trade happens between now and the last time we spoke to you guys. That's the Nolan Arenado To the St. Louis Cardinals, going from the Colorado Rockies to the St. Louis Cardinals. This is something that Nolan Arenado's wanted for seemingly over a year now. Signed a massive extension with the Colorado Rockies. Seems like a pattern with star players from Colorado. You can go back to the Tulowitzki days to the Matt Holidays. They all seem to leave, and Nolan Arenado is now not an exception. He's going to St. Louis. So we talked about last week who wants to win the NL Central. We looked at all these teams, the Reds, the Cubs, the Brewers, the Cardinals, uh, the Pirates, completely tearing it down. We're like, nobody really wants to win this division. And now that's not true. Now it's clear that the St. Louis Cardinals are going to be the team that makes that step as the clear front runner in that division. Now, let's take it from a Cardinals point of view first. This is something that the Cardinals needed to do um they've been struggling offensively seemingly for years they they they're an organization that just breeds pitcher after pitcher after pitcher so the pitching is never a problem with that organization the problem's always been offense and now they have arguably a top five player in the game certainly probably the best third baseman arguably in the game we'll see how nolan arenado reacts to not being in that altitude we'll see if his offensive numbers uh don't decline if they Ascend if they flatten out, we'll see what happens. That's to be determined. But St. Louis got their guy, and they are clearly now the front runner in that division for in a division that a lot of teams don't really seem to want to compete in.
1: I think that's an important point, and it's going to be a big reason why the Cardinals do have success because I mean, you touched on it. We don't know how Arenado is going to be outside of Coors Field. I personally don't think it's going to be that big of a hit. I know you look at his home and away splits um recently and it shows that he does perform better at course field obviously i mean which makes sense i look at this cardinals team now and even nolan arenado at his best i'm still a little skeptical of that lineup because it's it's not that great like yes you add one more impact bat but in a lineup that has nine spots i feel like aside from paul goldschmidt and arenado right now maybe matt carpenter i mean if he hits a hot streak like carpenter's not even
2: gonna play now he's gonna be a bench player
0: well, without yeah, a DH, I don't think yeah. he's getting in that lineup every day.
1: No. It, Maybe second I, base is the spot for him, but, I mean, he's going to have to go up against um, – Wong.
2: Now, Wong's gone. They're going with Tommy Edmond at,
1: at second base. Yeah, most likely.
2: I don't know. I, yeah, I, I agree, I, I agree It It's not, like, you know, take on the world lineup like the Dodgers or the Yankees, you know, have. But I, I do think they, they have some young guys in that outfield that are continuing to grow in Tyler O'Neill, Harrison Bader – dylan carlson if they can get production from those three guys along with goldschmidt and arenado they're gonna have a, a good lineup not the best and they're they're easily gonna win the division they brought back wainwright they have jack flaherty um they they just have a hole at catcher right now i gotta imagine Yachty's coming back um i know he wants i read come that back. he's dead. he is coming back
0: but they're not announcing it until after i guess he's playing in winter league or something like that yeah
2: he's playing in down in Venezuela, he's seems like he's having a great time. He he was pitching, playing first base. Um, so I, I gotta imagine he'll be back. And the Cardinals are the front runner in this division. You mentioned Arenado's home and road splits; they are significant. Uh, he's a 322 hitter at home at Coors Field, and he was a 263 hitter on the road for his career. But two is isn't bad. Like that, that's still a good season.
3: Um, so, not to cut you off but wasn't LeMay Hughes home and away splits really bad
0: too when he was with the Rockies
2: possibly I, I don't know I'm, exactly. I'm sure they're all skewed I'm,
0: I, if you go back to Tula in and his career I'm sure that was skewed Matt Holiday as well Todd Helton. but I feel like once they all left they still had relatively really good success when they that's left. what I was
3: saying yeah, I mean, it, DJ Lemayhew's great now
2: you can't and you can't blame them for that that's not their fault that they play in Colorado and play a course field half the year like that that's just the reality of the situation. Um, and I, I don't see him taking a huge step backwards as a as a hitter. He's still an elite bat, um, an elite defender at third base. So it's a great move by the Cardinals, all in all. They they absolutely robbed the Rockies, prospects-wise, and they're getting $50 million to pay his contract. Like, the and fact, they're not paying anything
0: in twenty twenty one. All thirty five million dollars is going like, to be on the books for the Rockies.
2: They they absolutely robbed the Rockies. It, it sucks for that fan base, the Rockies fan base, that they're losing their best player, and the organization is giving away money to get rid of them. Um, but great move for the Cardinals.
0: Totally, I agree. have the Cardinals lineup right here it's going to be in no particular order this is just what a Cardinals beat writer that I pulled up has edmund arenado on the 2 spot Goldschmidt Carlson De Jong Dexter Fowler uh they have the catcher spot empty which will event, will eventually be Yadier Molina Harrison Bader and then the pitcher spot ninth that's that's a good lineup now is it the lineup that the Dodgers have or the Padres have no i don't think so is it comparable to the lineup that the Mets are going to put out there i think so so i think that lineup's it's good enough I feel like to make noise to definitely win the division, but to make noise in October for an organization that's you know a pitching dominant team franchise, I think if the pitching does what Cardinals pitching normally does, they could be a sleeper team come October.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's all about getting to the postseason, and and they've positioned themselves to do that. And it, it's just an experienced organization. They, from the top down, they they know what it takes to win. And if you you have Wright and Yachty there leading the way for those, for the rest of the team, those are guys that have been a multiple World Series, won multiple World Series. So I, I see no reason why the Cardinals couldn't be a threat.
0: I'm not sure they're definitely not going to bring back Wong, though. I think they still could. They could. could with, like, two weeks left until spring training, I, I feel like the longer these... Not not, not a guy like Bauer, but the longer these other free agents, lower tier free agents hold out, the less the money's going to be because they're going to start getting desperate to find a job and have somewhere to go for spring training.
3: So found I still found it.
1: Sorry. It. It's okay. Go. <laughs> In
3: 2017, with the Colorado Rockies, uh, DJ LeMahieu hit 327 at home and th- 294 on the road. So my point was not proven. However, it was still. Uh, I mean, it's still drastically but, lower. Yeah, it was, yeah, there's a, good a try. difference,
2: but good hitters are going to hit no matter where they are. I feel like that doesn't affect DJ
1: as much either because he's more of a singles hitter. So you you get the ball up in the air, that's when it kind of takes off. But I don't know.
0: Yeah, the power numbers are definitely. Well, unique. and it's funny because
2: he he's hit for more power since leaving Colorado. I mean, stadium wise, Yankee Stadium much smaller. DJ plays that right center, uh, very well. He hits that power alley there where yeah. I
3: mean, if it wasn't for the Astros cheating, he'd have one of the most ridiculous <laughs> home runs in, in franchise history.
0: But there you go. What do I know? There it is. Cheaters. We just yeah, you know, we always bring up the Astros. I hate that uh, point.
1: We we do I we I hate that cash and, always brings and, up the Astros. And this is mildly off topic,
3: okay. But I we don't always care. get off topic, so go ahead. All right, this is my point. Okay. Houston, you can thank the Astros. For cursing your sports franchises. I mean, since yeah. that happened, right? Um, Watson's forcing his way out. Uh, uh, Harden forced his way out. Chris Paul got out. Westbrook forced his way out.
0: You, you guys can keep your ring. That's okay. But you lost. Cole's every- gone. Springer's Cole. gone. Correa's uh, gonna leave. Verland- Verlander forced his
3: way out. Verlander's done. So keep your ring, losers. So the city of
0: Houston's done.
3: Yeah, you can keep your ring. But you're cursed. I mean, Which
1: Verlander's is. still there. He's just hurt, but he's not. He's gonna not going to pitch all year. He's not. Gonna and what's him? he going to be in 2022? I will never. That's count another out topic Verlander. for another day. To be fair, another we did topic say for that. for another day. We we said that. The year they made the run. We did not know what Justin Verlander was going to be. No, I'll never count out Justin
3: Verlander. But you know, I don't think he'll pitch again for the Astros. All right.
1: Cheating losers. Let's switch
0: sides of the trade. Let's talk about the Colorado Rockies for a second because this seems to be a pattern with them. They signed Tulowitzki, traded him. They signed Arenado, traded him. If I'm Trevor Story, there's there's no chance I'm signing an extension with free agency a year away. It doesn't make any sense. About the Rockies. Everyone's paying their return. They got Austin Gomber, left-handed pitcher, Mateo Gill, an infielder. Elihiris Montero, an infielder. Tony Losey and Jake Summers, two right-handed pitchers. All of them are in the top 30 prospects for the Cardinals, but none of them were top five. The Rockies are spending a lot of money giving it to St. Louis. This was a bad trade for them. And it's surprising because, you know, it's not like a, it's not a Lindor kind of trade or maybe even a Trevor story, eventual kind of trade where he's a free agent immediately at the end of the season. Nolan Aaron, was locked, locked up long-term and they really didn't get a lot of, quality prospects in return or major, major prospects in return kind of reminded me of the stand trade to the Yankees where the Yankees didn't give up prospects. They gave up Starlin Castro and the Marlins gave back 50 million in Stan. This seems like a salary dump for Colorado instead of a let's make our team better for the future. So I have a question
3: about the Rockies because you've mentioned that they've done this before, right? And it's only a matter of time until Story leaves and it's only a matter of time until Blackman most likely leaves, in my opinion. At what point do you just say you look yourself in the mirror and say, we have to change what's going on here. And I feel like there's multiple teams around the league that have to look in the mirror and say that, like, I feel like the pirates are one of them just like, or like the reds, like a team that's just constantly, like maybe it will run into a playoff season, but they're so irrelevant to the sport. Like what are they doing for the sport other than for the fans in Colorado? I'm serious. I'm not. It's
0: interesting because the Rockies are a little bit different than like the pirates or the reds. So those kind of teams that just, organizationally front office, they seem to not know what they're doing. The Rockies seem to be behind the eight ball just naturally based on the altitude. How can they have a sustained um, length of time where they're successful? They make the playoffs. What once every five years, they make a quick, quick cameo either in a wildcard game, maybe sneak into the NLDS, but they never go further than that. Other than, you know, I'm 14 sh- years ago, Glenn, now, nothing against- when they made the world series, I don't think that franchise can sustain success with that altitude. Nothing against you, Glenn, because I know that this is
3: just uh, repeated information, but I cannot stand the altitude argument. I think that's such a bunch of bullshit.
2: It's not. It's statistically backed so. up. They, they, they've they, never had a good starting pitcher. When have they had sustained pitching? They okay, can't get pitchers. Here's
3: my next question. Here's my next question. Uh, why not move the franchise? If, I to,
2: mean, that's what that's I think. That's
0: a if, good question.
3: You have a to big either, city. But it's... A, You're going to just sign up to lose every year. See, I'm obviously well-known by you guys and by my friends. I'm incredibly competitive, and I will never sign up to do something where I think I'm going to lose. So for me, I cannot wrap my my head around the fact that they know that their starting pitcher isn't going to do well. They know that their franchise is not going to have sustained success, and they still run it out there. Like To me, that's mind-boggling. I don't know how somebody could
0: do that. They have to develop their own pitching because they're just going to leave in free agency and no big free agent is going to want to go to Colorado. Even if they offered them, you know, 10 times as much as they're worth on the market, no pitcher is going to want to willingly come to Colorado. I'm not talking about that.
3: I'm, if you're saying that the ball goes further in the altitude, right? The more home runs are hit. Yeah. Why have a team there?
2: I don't know. It's I don't a know, major an, sports city.
0: They were an expansion so team in Seattle, 1998. They,
2: Major League Baseball put them
0: there. I, I'm just saying. I, I mean, the Nuggets are there, the Broncos are there. It's a it's a sports city, but I don't know if baseball works. That's my argument.
1: I so, could I could provide a counter argument to that where the if you're a pitcher and it's, I'm going to get on Cash's side here, if you're a pitcher coming to, to Colorado, the point of of pitching and and being a good pitcher is you're missing the bat, so. The guys that can miss bats realistically should not have a problem. Now I understand the frustration of letting up a ball that should travel 320 and doesn't get out anywhere and it travels 335 and it squeaks over the wall. That I understand. But I don't know. I, I feel like so the run it balances out like it's So here's my question, right? That little, was I don't I don't know about moving the franchise.
3: That, that was my next point, right? Is fine. So you don't want to move the franchise, you want to stay in Colorado. Uh the altitudes is a real thing. Great. You're guys are getting the same amount of at-bats in that ballpark, right? So the Rockies are getting more at-bats, and they should have... They shouldn't lose at home, essentially, is what you're saying. If it's that much of a difference, they shouldn't lose at home.
1: Not necessarily. It's not what I'm saying. I don't mean they're going 81-0. That's not my point, but... Re- Regardless, the blame's on the wrong place. The blame is on the front office of the Rockies, for sure. Okay. They had a, a pretty solid young pitching staff, and, and still do. Um, Freeland, Sensatella... Um, Marquez what? and Gray, yeah, three years ago, like those guys were coming up. Like, that's a nice little staff to look forward to, and they've kind of come into their own a little bit. Is not it? really developed anything crazy like any all star seasons or whatever, but a serviceable pitching staff? And Sentatella actually last year pitched a lot better at home than he did on the road. Now, that I remember, however, it's, it's, I feel like it's a cop out, and that's what that's used as. The front office should never get the benefit of the doubt and be able to say, Oh, the altitude the pitching and well, that I don't was my point necessarily do but like people blame the altitude as opposed to blaming the GM and the GM is the one being hard on himself now I feel like because it's so, only be white because of Arenado. But isn't,
0: wouldn't you wouldn't isn't it isn't it a fair argument to say that a lot of people, or a lot of good players and especially pitchers, as a free agent wouldn't want to go to Colorado given the alternatives without the altitude and their numbers will clearly be better if they're pitching their home games in you know, St. Louis or New York or wherever else instead of Colorado.
1: And yeah, I could see that. And I could also see the hitters argument where you would normally think that they'd want to come to Colorado, but they're not because now there's this stigma around it where you go and you kind of get the course field effects to your statistics and your legacy is tainted. So yeah, I I could understand it from that perspective. But It's not
0: even the numbers on the field. I listened to Nolan Arenado's interview on MLB network today and something he said is that it takes a while, a lot longer for your body to recover from those the nicks and bruises with the altitude than in any other place. It, it takes a while for your joints to recover game after game. It takes a while for, you know, minor injuries to get you to get over it, get healthy again game after game. So it's not really performance based entirely. It's also just the wear and tear of playing 81 games in that in that situation in that setting.
3: Uh did Aronado have a no trade clause? Yes. Yes. So yes. he could have waived any trade he, he wanted. So I think you could put partal, partial of this blame on him.
2: Well, he wanted I mean, he he out. He made it clear.
3: No, I know that. But he could have also said, okay, I'm, I am I want to go to the Cardinals. I want to go to St. Louis. And it could have trapped Colorado. So Which, I, I'm just going to look at it both sides because I'm going to have faith that the Rockies organization knows what they're doing um, and that you know they have had – you know, a solid lineup um, in the recent past. So they, they, they can scout talent. Um, I think that he could have screwed them over a
2: little bit. Yeah. And another factor to it is he does, he does still have his opt out. He, if things go terribly wrong in St. Louis this year, he could opt out of his contract after this year. Yes. And become a free agent. So that did play a factor in it as well, but they just, I feel like they didn't get enough in return overall, giving away the money as well to, to the Cardinals. And then the GM to come out and say, well, we're not rebuilding. We still think that we have a a great team and we can compete is just, is ludicrous, especially in that division. When you have to go up against the two best teams in the national league and the Padres and the Dodgers, like if they're, they need to fully commit to rebuilding at this point and, and trade story while you can trade, Herman Marquez, trade John Gray, like ship off what you can get and get back what you can at this point and just start over because they're not in a position to be competitive whatsoever without Arenado.
0: That was my next point because I've seen both sides of the argument whether to trade Story now immediately or try to sign him long-term. First of all, if they try to sign him long-term and I'm Trevor Story and I've seen what's happened with not only Arenado but with also LeMahieu, who was traded to bring up Story. I mean, I'm sorry, Tulewitzki, who was traded to bring up Story, and then LeMahieu leaving having success elsewhere. I don't see any situation or any scenario where Story decides, yeah, this is the place I want to be, because they seem to be a team that's going to break it down, and if they go to him with an extension, their pitch is going to be, this is the team, we're going to build around you, and that's going to take, what, three, four, five years, maybe even longer with that division, I don't think there's a chance in hell. Story stays after
3: this.
2: Money year. talks. Yeah, but yeah,
0: but he's going to get money too. in the offseason anyway.
3: I'm just saying, if they offer him the big, I, I don't think he accepts an extension now. But if they offer him the most money, he's going to stay. My opinion. I,
2: it, it possibly, but he probably also wants to win as well, and he's not going to have that there. No. It. It's probably time for him to to move on. I I would. And he's going to be highly coveted if he hits the open market. Every, every team that's looking for a shortstop is going to be is going to be calling for Trevor Story. Guy's a five tool player.
3: You could argue that every team's always looking for a shortstop.
2: True. Yes. It's let's move to fi- let's position. move to
0: the Phillies for a second because this is a good segue. Scott Didi resigns. Well, re resigns. Five years. I'm blanking on the number. One fifty. And then they also 15. got Didi back. 115 yes 115 okay and they also bring dd back two years 28 million dollars now we all love dd on the show obviously but given the class of shortstops that are available next year does it bother you a little bit that it was a two-year deal and not another one-year deal where you can play in those big waters in this next off season? uh
2: i guess because i do like trevor's story um if anybody hits that market it, he would have been the guy i would have wanted but they also do, they drafted a kid in the first round two years ago, and Bryson Stott, who they're, they're very high on, who at the end of this DD contract will be big league ready. Uh, so I think that was kind of their plan. Um, DD was so valuable for that team last year. His defense isn't what it used to be anymore, but his bat is so important in that lineup, especially in Citizens Bank Park. Uh, I I'm... Perfectly fine with signing the two-year, twenty-eight million dollars. Um, gave Didi what he wanted, uh, another left-handed bat for the Phillies, and he's just—we all—we've mentioned it before. The guy's just a leader um, for whatever organization he is with. Everybody loves him. Uh, he does the right thing. He plays hard. You know he's going to be there when it matters most. So I, I'm perfectly fine with the the Didi signing.
0: Yeah, I think I think it was a good fit. Didi with Joe Girardi with Now Rimuto back. Um we talked about it last week. That that division's going to be going to be insane. Um some off-the-field notes. Um the proposal by MLB and the MLB players association. So MLB wanted to delay the start of the season by a month, which would have equated to about eight games, which would have which means that each team had to play assigned double headers. The players Association had no part of that. MLB offered also, uh, DH universally and expanded playoffs. MLBPA said no, which is their right. Major League Baseball decided to try to swing this two weeks before spring training when players were already in the midst of their all-season workout plan and getting ready for a spring training that was going to start when they thought it was going to start in November, in the middle of February, like normal. It, it seemed very weird and rushed and kind of like the MLB just winged it. Like, I don't understand why this was even a thing so late in the off season.
1: I I don't know. I'm sick and tired of these like back and forth with the league and the players union. Like I, I don't even care what the issue is at this point. I, I just feel like there's something bigger where it's like, they don't, they almost don't want to come to an agreement. Like they they want there to be this tug of war. Like that's just my gut feeling here. I don't understand why. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't get it either. It it really makes no sense to to push back the season. Um I'm glad the players union pushed back on it and I know one of the major reasons that they they did do it was the safety of the pitchers who have already ramped up their their off-season throwing programs and getting themselves ready. If they had to shut down and then start it back up again, you know, they're you know, they're at a greater risk of getting hurt. But like there was literally no reason not to. I, I understand like COVID numbers are, are up and like they're concerned about that, but it's spring training. Like you don't really need fans there. Like, I don't know. It, it didn't make sense to me. I'm glad that they shot it down and it, it sounds like everything's going to start on time.
3: I hope so. I think major league baseball is an absolute clown show. <laughs> and I'm not, uh, I'm going to take that back. I think Rob Manfred is, I, I don't know. Everything they do is wrong. There's, they have no clear-cut answers about anything, and all they do is set the game back. I, I I don't I don't understand. I don't understand the thought process. I don't understand really anything that they do. I don't understand. Um, this one was the worst one. There's no reason. Basketball was delayed because the last season was delayed. All right, so the Lakers and and then the the Heat played on seventy-two game, days rest. That's it. That was the entire offseason, Seventy-two days. And Major League Baseball wants to push a month back after playing, ending the season on time after only playing two months of
0: baseball. You clowns! It it doesn't make sense because what? Like seriously, what much? How much of a difference is one month of vaccinations going to make? Where you, where it's worth delaying? Are they going to? Are we going to get herd immunity between April and May? No. So I don't. I don't understand why. I, I I feel like the coronavirus was a front. This is just MLB just wanting to flex it's, their muscles. I was just our gonna our say this is
3: MLB trying to get on top of the players' association, um, and they're they know they've completely lost control of the entire situation. They know that the players run the show now, and uh, they're trying to get
1: it back. And Rob Manfred has failed miserably at everything he's done, every single thing. I think with the CBA expiring and then renegotiation coming up, I feel like it's just kind of that politicking aspect of it, trying to kind of scare the other side into not coming in with as strong of a proposal or saying like, hey, we're not going to budge. Don't even bother on this, like that kind of stuff. Just like little things, just saying like, all right, we're going to give you a tough time going forward here. But I'm not looking forward to that. That's a conversation for another day.
2: And I can understand the Players Association shooting down pushing the uh start of the season back and I guess expanded postseason but I really don't understand the the lack of wanting to keep the DH I know I've been against it before but it, it takes it, it does take away jobs from from a Nelson Cruz from a Marcelo Zuna a Jay Bruce um and plenty of other guys like there's there would be so many more opportunities for these guys to be signing. So I don't understand at this point why we're we're taking away the DH, putting the pitchers back into the lineup where 98% of those guys don't want to be up there anyway. Um, it, just bad at-bats. Like, at this point, like, that makes no sense to me Scott, I is think it possible both-
0: that – oh, go ahead, Glenn. I think both sides want the DH. I think the problem is the Players Association doesn't want to agree to a deal with the DH – that's also has piggybacked other things that's gonna benefit the owners. Kind of like it's probably a bad analogy, but you know, kinda like the government now, everyone wants to get stimulus checks, but other parties are gonna put their like proposals out that are gonna have, you know, filibusters for their specific agendas, and the other side's gonna say no. Kind of like Is it possible
2: that, that, that makes
3: sense.
0: on top of that, it that the players union just does
3: not want to agree with anything the MLB says. It,
2: that's a possibility as well. That' They at this point like they're they're gonna want to play hardball as well and just wait until the CBA expires and then yeah go because all if in you
0: agree if the players agreed to a deal proposed by the owners now they have no leverage next off season because they just gave in yeah. to the whatever this was true I, I think that's an absolutely fair argument. I think when there's a new CBA, I think that there will be expanded playoffs, and I think there will be DH because that financially helps the players because um, obviously the DH in the National League opens up 15 jobs, and obviously the expanded playoffs gets more TV revenue in for the players and for for the game. The one thing about expanded playoffs that I saw that I thought was interesting and I wanted to get your opinions on it, Some players argue that if you expand the playoffs, then teams are going to be, I guess, content with the rosters they have and kind of just hope to back into the playoffs instead of having a small playoff field where teams are going to have to go out and spend money and make trades to definitely get into the playoffs. What are your thoughts on that?
3: What's the pros of extending the playoffs?
2: More add add revenue, more ticket revenue. Just more money.
3: Why don't we just, on the same token, let's just print more hundred dollar bills. <laughs> I mean, then there's more, right? I mean, I don't think. Becomes, I don't think it's the same. no. It is the same thing because the hundred dollar bill money becomes less valuable. Is my point, right? And the more baseball play, the more playoff games you get, the less important each pitch is, and the less important. Winning the division because yeah,
2: it, it de-emphasizes the regular
3: season, and that's like—is that really what MLB I don't think it wants?
0: de-emphasizes the playoffs though? I think the no, but is se-
3: that what MLB wants for a league that struggles to draw attendance for regular season to begin with? Who is gonna go to a game in I don't know May on a Tuesday night in the Bronx when it's thirty-six degrees when that game literally means nothing, knowing that three teams from AL East are gonna make the playoffs?
1: I see the argument, but I don't think in a real life, like a real life perspective and cause and effect situation there that like what take you, for example, like, are you thinking about the playoff structure when you're going on StubHub to buy a game a week from now?
3: Yeah, but you can't take us into consideration because we're going to go regardless. Major League Baseball already has us by the balls.
1: But the people that are going to actually look into a playoff situation, how many teams get in before making the decision to go to a baseball game? like. It, I feel like it's I, few and far but, between. All right, so here's the my, NBA oh, it, does
0: fine attendance-wise, and everybody makes the playoffs.
1: There's less seats, and it's indoors. The playoffs aren't the reason why they're not filling s- seats, and I don't think the pl- expanding the playoffs really makes much of a difference. Well,
3: there. I think long run it does, honestly. Uh, maybe not. If so, if we got to prove today, I don't think next year people are going to say, oh, well, I'm not going to go. But like realistically, April games just don't matter.
1: On the contrary, I mean, do, you can look. You don't. can look at October and or September and say that those teams that are not usually in it are in it and they're selling. T- they're selling tickets now, so I don't know. It's. I feel like the percent change is no more than maybe like, one one and a half percent at the very most of people that fall off and don't go to a game because of that. But and that's it, even exaggerating. I think that might it, be a lot.
3: Isn't the playoffs supposed to be this, like? coveted thing that like oh wow my team made the playoffs but in reality you're going to expand the playoffs so where over 50 percent of the league makes the playoffs you have a better shot of making it than missing it doesn't that make no sense to anybody else but me i don't get it. it the goal the goal is to win a world series the goal is to make the playoffs that That's, you know, you want your team to sell
0: playoff 2021 merchandise. It would be more of a shame if you don't make the playoffs. Yeah, but more teams get to do that now. But that's absurd. But what I'm saying is making the playoffs That makes more money for the league. So here's
3: my argument, right? The next 10-year stretch the Yankees go with making the playoffs every year and not winning the World Series means even less than it does now. Because you have to make – if you don't make the playoffs, everyone should go. Every single person should be fired. The fact that more than half the league makes yeah, the playoffs so, is like my fantasy league accepting six of the eight teams into the playoffs.
2: So I, I get what you're saying. And, and for the Yankees, it, it doesn't – like really – like it makes it easier, I guess. But like the Marlins this year, like coming into the year, the Marlins had what? chance of making the playoffs, and they managed to do it. Like, it gives those other smaller teams, you know, a little bit more hope. It gives those fan bases a little more something to. I totally get it.
3: I just think that more than half the league making the playoffs to me, it means the playoffs means nothing until the World Series. And take the Yankees out of it. I just mean in general. Like, that's great. The Marlins make the playoffs, but so did every other team in, in the league.
2: I know right now I want expanded playoffs for the Phillies because the division that they play in, like they're optimally like the third best team in the division right now. So it gives them a better, like I want to see Phillies postseason baseball again. It's been a long time cash.
3: So, so not nothing <laughs> against you, Scott. Right. But couldn't my art, my next argument be, Maybe the Phillies should just get better
2: and then make the playoff pool. They, they've been trying to do that, but it hasn't worked out. No, I I get <laughs> that.
3: I do, and I understand. it. I'm just saying it it lessens the value of making the
2: playoffs. I, I see the argument. I I really I truly understand where you're coming from, um, but I I, I tr- it, it's inevitable at this point. Like it's gonna happen. Like it's gonna be no, it's I gonna be reality.
3: It. I get it. I just wanted to get my two cents
0: appreciate that. let's talk about let's talk about the yankees um brian cashman had a couple interviews this week on the radio and he was he didn't hold back on gary sanchez when good. The, a couple, an article came out um a couple months ago where sanchez was surprised he was benched nobody told him why he was being benched and cashman essentially said well you had a horrible year that's why you're benched and we don't owe you an explanation of why you're not playing so um i good good for cashman here because you. You know, oh. uh, gary Gary has no right to be pissed off about not playing because he sucked. So I don't, I don't know. I hope this doesn't have any lingering effect into 2021. I think this is a big year for Sanchez. I think this is a make or break season for Sanchez in terms of his future with the Yankees. Not off to a good start if you're pissing off the de- decision makers. Um, I thought it was a very um, unusual response from Cashman. He's not normally like that when he speaks. So he's he was clearly pissed off about not only Sanchez's play, but the comments he had in the media.
1: You know what Brian Cashman's tone tells me about Gary Sanchez? He's is ready. He, he is not built for this, and he is not going to uh, prevail through this. I, I, I think we were that – We are on way opposite ends of the stretch spectrum on that one, but go ahead. I, I don't think it's a motivation tactic. I don't think it's one of those here's a kick in the ass because I think he's gotten enough kicks in the asses over the years. He's gotten so many. He's gotten enough. It's to the point where I feel like it's just not getting through Gary's head and he's feeling entitled in a way where he just feels like that's his starting job. And when you're hitting 240 or whatever and not playing defense or catching the ball when your position is catcher, um, the clip, we can roll He's not even hitting
0: kidding. 240. He's hitting like 180.
1: Yeah, short season, fine, whatever. I don't care. I'm bad, regardless. But what I'm more worried about is the fact that his position is called catcher and he failed to catch the ball and it hit him in the face mask at the professional level. That is what I'm concerned about. However, I just feel like for a guy like Brian Cashman to come out and do that when he just doesn't lambast players like that in the media, out in the public and have no remorse, something's gotta be wrong. And that tells me that Gary absolutely was communicated why he was benched or should have known it. It was that clear, and wow. everybody else knows. Do you took,
0: need an explanation, though? No, you no, shouldn't. That bad. No, you really shouldn't. need an explanation.
3: You know, I took such a different takeaway from that Brian Cashman quote. I, I, t- I took the takeaway of Brian Cashman has done is done losing. He is fed up, and he's finally he's like, all right, shut the fuck up and play ball. I think both and, can be true, though. And I, I would have to imagine knowing who Brian Cashman has been for the last. 15 10 years um he had this conversation with gary sanchez before he got blasted in the media like there's no way that brian cash brian cashman heard about the article heard about his quote and then just bashed him like i'm sure cashman called him and said hey shut up you know you hit 140 i I mean uh, there's really nothing else you have to say i i just think that cashman is ready he's to win and and he's done losing he knows that the fans are done losing i'm sure he's heard a couple of my rants so i will take full credit for this new fired up brian cashman Uh, although he has not answered any of my phone calls um i will take full credit but i do think that brian cashman is coming into 2021 saying uh it's go time boys yeah
2: and and the reason for that is his job is on the line pretty soon 100%. because he's in control of putting these rosters together that have have failed the last 10 years in the postseason um and Gary Sanchez's job is on the line as well he's I mean he's under control until 2023 but I think the the Yankees could easily cut ties with him after this year if he has another horrific season uh higashioka stepped up I don't know you don't know if he's going to be able to you know be a a full-time starting catcher, but you do have Austin Wells uh in the in the minor leagues getting ready. And as a as a college catcher, his development to get to the big leagues won't take as long. Um yeah, I I think you're right, Cash, where Brian Cashman is is tired of failing in the postseason and it's it's go time. And he's putting the pressure on these guys uh to to get it done and get it together. What's the leash yes. on
0: Sanchez this year?
1: All-star May, break.
0: June, July. How much longer can the Yankees deal with him being an automatic out and a defensive liability?
1: I All bet you'll be break. able to tell in the first week. You can't do that. Attitude, I don't think Attitude to used to with Gary speaks oh, volumes. Oh, 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 oh. Just watch him mope around. Watch his demeanor after he strikes out. After he li- – like, I will, until I'm blue in the face, argue that Gary Sanchez gets screwed – by i forget what the statistic the statistic is called but it's like on high exit velo was expected batting average i think um his is like points lower than where it should be like by tens of points maybe like 40 or 50 points i think um but yeah his his demeanor says it all i don't know it's all about the
0: strikeouts to me He, he has to put the ball and play more um the Yankees were fine with his defense in 2017 when he had 33 home runs, in 2016 when he hit 20 home runs in like three games, basically. Um, in 2018 and in 2019 in the first half when he, they were fine with the defense then. Um, and if that's gonna if if Gary's gonna hit 250 and hit 35 home runs and be a force in the middle of the order, I'll deal with the fast the pass balls. That's just my opinion. Well, I other think- people might not have that opinion, that's totally fine, but you know. Not a lot of catchers can do the things that Gary can do when he's right um so I think it's about, about the strikeouts and putting the ball in play. He also came um, into camp
3: uh not in good shape last year and I think that was a theme in the Yankee locker room So other than Luke Voigt, everyone was not ready to play ball. That's what I think
0: yeah it's gonna be interesting. I think a, I think I think the all-star break, towards the um, trade, trade, deadline. trade deadline. If Aww, Sanchez is doing jinx. what Sanchez did last year, if, if, yeah, if if Sanchez is doing what he did in 2020 by the time the trade deadline rolls around, I think the Yankees will be in the market for a catcher, just a rental catcher that's going to hit better than Nagashioka and play p- pretty good defense. So we'll Yadier see what happens Molina? with Gary Sanchez. What was that? Yadier Molina? Yeah, he's still in this there. conversation before. Um a couple of pitching moves um, over the last couple of days. Archer back to the Rays. So the Rays essentially got um, Glass now and Meadows for nothing because they got Archer back. And Alex Cobb went from Baltimore to the Angels. Which pitcher do you guys think makes more of an impact um, positively for their team? Rays and Archer, Cobb and the Angels.
1: Ooh, that's a tough one.
2: Let me let me let me pull up some stats here. And it's quick. tough because it, neither one blow me away at this point. Their that's careers. what I was gonna say.
1: I was like, it's a tough decision because neither of them are impact guys for me, or on teams that I think will even allow them a chance to be an impact guy. It's just I, I just reasons. think
0: I'm gonna sound like a broken record because it, it it's it goes without saying. The Angels, it's amazing. Everyone, uh, every Angel fan screaming, get Trevor Bauer, get an ace!" And the Angels are like, I see that you want Bauer. Can I interest you in Alex Cobb? It's not even close. Like it, Mike Trout, it's his fault. He signed the extension, but the Angels have done nothing. And Alex Cobb does nothing for me to sway the needle one way or the other for the Angels. They're still the same exact team that they were
1: at the end of the season last year. Can we talk about this allure of Alex Cobb really quickly for a second? Because I don't understand it. He's 33 years old. Last year, 2-5 and five with a 4.3 ERA. In 2019, 0-2 two with a 10.95. I guess he got hurt three games. Um, 2018, 5-15 and 15 with a 4.9. What, did he have the all-star season in 2017 for the Orioles? Is that what that was? What's the allure of Alex Cobb? Like, why is he a name people follow?
2: I don't I, get it. I don't know. I don't, he, I mean, when he was in Tampa, he he was good in Tampa. He had good numbers there, but
0: those, teams were, those
2: teams were good. He's pitching for one of the worst teams in baseball in Baltimore. Yeah, I I don't get it. You know what? I'll take Archer. I think he'll have a bigger impact. Um, I like his. Do you stuff. think Archer
0: can, re- do you think Archer can find what he lost when he went to Pittsburgh? Do you think he can be the same Archer that was on the race the first time? Uh,
2: he's not going to be you know, almost a Cy Young Award winner All-Star, but I think he's going to be more comfortable there. He's in an organization that knows him. Um, I think he has a better chance of, of being relevant than Alex Cobb does. Like, as Ty mentioned, there, there's really nothing special about Alex Cobb at this point in his career. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. The Rays are going to replace Morton
0: and Snell with Waka and Archer. Do you think that's enough to compete?
2: The Rays are just going back to 2015. They, you know, seeing guys who might have it. But I mean, if anybody, if any team is going to rehabilitate like pitchers like that, it's going to be the Rays. They seem to do it. So.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Neither of these two moves blow me away in terms of, oh, my God, now the Rays are going to be really good. Or, oh, my God, now the Angels are going to be really good. Um, Angels still need that ace. Um, I guess they are assuming that Otani is going to be fine to pitch every <laughs> fifth day and he'll be the ace. I, <laughs> I, I don't laugh know. at that See, like cash is right so, now. So that's but,
2: where that's for bringing in is. Trevor Bauer and letting him pitch every four days might make sense. So you can space out Otani yeah. starts more and give him more time in between. I, I, I mean, I, I don't like that concept. I as, hate Otani. Oh, can We but, not
1: do this, please. We do this so his name makes me cringe solely that, because that's that would like, make sense. On, we, so we get into the ongoing conversation every freaking time about Otani and is he a hitter? <laughs> is he a pitcher? Should he pitch every sixth day? This that fourth day? DH? Whatever.
2: He's got the stuff to do it. He's just got to get, get
1: healthy. The yips. He's got the yips. That's what it is. Possibly. I, I don't know.
0: Um, off the field news. Dustin Pedroia retired today. Kind of like that David Wright career arc. Really, really good.
2: No,
3: no. Um, and, don't compare him to David what? Wright. He was miles better.
2: Oof, I don't know. Well, doing, David Wright was pretty good. Of, I thought Pedroia it, it, was... it ended the
0: same. That's my point. My point is the career ended the same. Oh, well, you cut it out then. Sorry. <laughs> You cut him off. <laughs> yeah, you cut me off. <laughs> you didn't let him finish. So Pedroia, after 14 years, calls it quits. Um, I He was the last guy I wanted to see when he was in his prime. He was the last guy in the Red Sox I wanted to see walk up to the plate. Never struck out, it seemed. Little guy. Um, his bat was as long as him. It was amazing. And he had a big swing, and he, he was he had a very nice career. And it's sad that it ended the way it did.
2: Yeah. He came up, made an immediate impact for that organization, winning rookie of the year, winning MVP back to back to years, three world series. Uh, I sent you guys that tweet the other day of the stats, his entire career, he only went down on strikes on three pitches, nine times. And of those nine pitches, four of them were actually balls. So the, the guy just had an incredible eye, really good player. He played hard. Uh, He inspired a lot of kids that are undersized to, you know, stick with it and, and have a chance. Dustin Pedroia is what I want Scott Kingery to be for the Phillies. He's never going to be that because the Phillies dick him around and move him all over the place. But he's just a guy that played hard all the time. So, uh, you know, best of luck to Pedroia in his retirement. Um, But yeah, Good player. Unfortunate end to his career. I, saw I don't you, have yeah. the time to do
0: it right now, but I'm interested to see the comp of David Wright and Dust Pedroia. Now that Cash, I'll um, do it for you. Um, Pedroia was miles better. Um, but yeah, Ty, um, those like mid to late 2000 Red Sox team. You had Ortiz. You had Manny. Sometimes you had all these guys. Pedroia was really that guy. The last guy you wanted because of the fact that he never struck out. And that's something we talk about a lot on this podcast, putting the ball in play and not striking out every single time or hitting a home run. He was Mm -hmm. one of those contact guys that we don't see a lot of anymore.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's exactly what he was to the Red Sox, what DJ is to the Yankees, basically. Um, It's kind of that singles hitter that you can rely on scrappy, scrappy hitter um, and a reliable glove. That's really all you could ask for multiple time. All-star. Had a great career. I don't want to be the one to give him credit, but credit is due. So it was a nice career. It came to a uh, came to an end in a unfortunate way, but it's great career nonetheless.
2: So I'm out, I'm on Baseball Reference. I have Wright and Pedroia's career stats pulled up here. They're they're very very similar and both very good. Wright just has a few more home runs. um Pedroia has a few more at bats, but. Across the board, very similar. 296. What's the at, war? So David Wright's 49.2, and Dustin Pedroia's fifty one Miles
1: better, I told you. Miles better. <laughs> yeah. Like two <laughs> wins over the course of a career.
2: Yeah, very different players because of, you know, size, but very similar career stats. And
0: you can make a pretty good argument. If they stayed healthy and finished out the rest of their career a few more years, maybe four or five more years, those are two guys that could have been made to the could have made it to the Hall of Fame.
3: You don't think they will?
0: No, I don't think they will now, no. Just the way that their careers I, ended. Mm, ooh. Too short.
3: Mm, I'm sorry. Nick Swisher was on the ballot this year. There's no way those guys are going to get yeah, requirement.
0: I'm saying get elected to the Hall of Fame. No, I Getting
1: know Getting on that. the ballot isn't hard. You just have to, I mean, it, it is hard, but like, it, no, I, I get that. It's, I'm it's just statistics. saying
0: there
3: was zero people elected this year. I, I think that they will. They will make. I listen. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before, but
2: I, I would, would give. Probably, I would say Pedroia would get in over David Wright, just because Pedroia has the accolades to his career: World Series, Rookie of the Year, MVP. Whereas David Wright just has a couple All-Star Game appearances.
1: Yeah,
0: I don't know. It's gonna be interesting when they get on the ballot. Really I don't think they'll make argument. it. I think it. I think their careers ended too suddenly and too quickly. I think if they played another four years healthy, I think they could have racked up. Like, do they have those milestones? Any of them close to 3,000? Any of them close to the, any of those, like, milestones that you say he's no. a Hall of Famer?
2: Dave, David Wright only has 1,700 hits. Yeah. Pedroya has 1,800 hits. Like, you say only, but
1: it's the first overall spot in Mets history. <laughs> oh, that's unfortunate for the Mets. Mets. How about it, them, man? None
2: of them are, they're not near like any career. like.
0: Yeah, so they'll marks. they'll probably fall short. I don't know. I hope they
2: stay on the ballot for
0: a couple of years, but I don't know if they're ever going to get there. Um, moving on, only a couple more things left on the docket here. Unfortunately, we had another situation, much like Jared Porter, the Mickey Calloway thing. I feel like we just get this out of the way. Um, you know, kind of the same thing as Porter. Um, inappropriate comments, text messages, photos to women baseball employees whether it be media or just pr people whatever it has you this can't happen this can't keep happening there needs to be a better way to figure out who exactly you're hiring as an organization i don't know how they do it but it needs to be done because it's unacceptable how often this seems to happen with front office executives yeah fucking pigs
2: yeah, dis- disappointing. And I'm disappointed in the Angels for only suspending Mickey Calloway at this point. I well, guess- I read,
0: I could be completely wrong and I might have misinterpreted what the tweet was. I, I heard that Mickey Calloway denied wrongdoing, which precludes the Angels from actually firing him.
2: Okay.
1: So, yeah, that's what I read.
2: And, and if they're going to do their own like investigation, and it sounds like MLB is doing an investigation. I think in the long run, he will get fired, but just another unfortunate situation. Um, not a great look for the Mets right now, just to be linked to to both of them. Um, but yeah, guys, stop being pigs and sending out inappropriate, unsolicited messages. It's wrong. Yeah, I mean, this is the last
0: two weeks. Two Sandy Alderson hires have been. I don't want to say that Sandy Alderson like, is okay with the behavior that these people do, but... There needs to be there needs to be a better way to hire people. They need to ask better questions when they ask people about when they ask references, check references, because you know I mean, it's not just I mean, Porter. It wasn't just Alderson. It was you know the Astros GM or assistant GM that got to be fair.
3: Coach. To be fair, in an interview, how is this going to come up? I, I mean, well, I mean
2: not well, in the, not the interview, interview, but like interview, It's
0: after the interview when they ask people when they do background checks. That's how it happens. That's how people find out.
3: Right. Right, fair, fair. So, because
2: like it, it seemed like in the story that it was happening while he was the pitching coach in Cleveland. So,
3: well, I thought that the Mets were made aware of the situation before they hired him. That's what I read. Yeah.
1: I read the same. It's and that if that's true.
0: Then the Mets are in big trouble. That can't. That's unacceptable. I don't know how much you can blame the Mets now because it's new ownership, but the Wilpons. New- yeah,
1: I was just thinking that. I was like, but I it was—it's you- still Sandy Alderson. Yeah, Alderson can lose his job, but can the MLB punish the Wilpons? Aside from, or is it even the MLB's? place
3: Isn't to Wilpons still part of the Mets somehow? One of them? I think they own they, like ten. They own or
2: something like that. that. They own five, They still own SNY. Gotcha. So they.
1: Have I don't like think 5%. MLB can tell
0: them to give up SNY. I think that's a problem. SNY way. is about to
1: get canceled. <laughs> I don't know if it's going anywhere.
0: So yeah. That's basically all we have on that topic. Round out the show today, last topic. The show, Fernando Tatis, is gonna be the cover. You see it over my shoulder right here. Perfect timing. Um, this is this was a no brainer. Can't wait for the game. The cover's sick. It's probably the nicest cover they've ever done. Is he the face of baseball or is it still Trout?
2: I'd it should be Fernando Tatis. He's he's so much more marketable because he chooses to be. Mike could be, but that's not his personality. He doesn't want to. And Fernando, he reaches the young audience. He reaches a Hispanic audience. Like he encompasses everything. And he's a legacy too. Like his dad played in the big leagues. Uh great, great move. I loved the some of the little uh videos that they put out for it. Um, I'm excited for the game. I'm a big player of MLB the show. I still play 20 like on a daily basis uh best sports franchise video game in my opinion um it's good for the game great move by mlb
1: yeah i think this is a huge move um i see all right just from scrolling twitter i see a lot of selfish playstation people who i guess took a sense of comfort in the fact that they have the playstation exclusive and now they're pissed off they're like Apparently, there's this like war that I'm just very out of. Why touch do people with. care? There's like a console exclusivity war among the video games. Well, community. It's, it's a
2: Sony game. Like Sony makes MLB the show. So, like, they've and MLB 2K hasn't existed. So, Xbox players have been on yeah. the outside looking in. It's the number one reason why I switched from playing Xbox. It's to the only reason season. why yeah. I
3: switched. Yeah. It,
2: to play MLB the show because I always exactly. played it with friends I'm the same house. way and I, I wanted to play it, so I got a PlayStation 4. Um, the big
1: kicker here is the cross-platform yeah, capability.
2: that's huge. Like, that's it, massive. That expan- it, it's massive. It's expansive. It, it's you great. know
3: what I think? I'm going to throw an idea out there, guys. I think for one week, instead of doing a, a podcast on Zoom, we should do a podcast on like Twitch, and we'll I'd have a little, for that. little mini three-game, three-inning tournament between the four of us while we talk, and, and I think that. That would be fun.
1: Cash, we're in the I'm business of more content. So, how about we do the podcast and we do that?
3: I was just going to say, Ty, why don't you stay
0: on after? Because I have a business idea.
1: Let's hear it. <laughs> I'm ready for it. All right. The people don't really care much about that. Right. So, we'll All wait right. until after.
0: Is there anything in the show 21 that
2: you want that's not in 20?
3: Yeah. I want a Derek Jeter card. Yeah. They got to. I will J- drop a hundred real dollars on that.
2: Yeah. They got to get Jeter into the game. They got to get. Hank Aaron into the game, Roberto Clemente, like, they got to keep ex- – they did it last year. Like, this past year, their content was great. They expanded and got and a lot Nick of Swisher. legends. I want Swisher. <laughs> keep keep going. Get Jeter into the game because that would be huge for so many people. And Ryan Howard and Chase Elliott for yeah. me.
0: I would like the base running to be easier. I'm horrible at base running. Uh, Glenn, I think you just need
3: a conscious.
2: You got to use the stick. You can't use L1 and R1. You I gotta... tag up
0: with the guy on third, and the guy on first goes, and I didn't you want the him bumper. to.
2: That's why. Yeah, you got you to gotta use directional. You got to point to the base and then use the button. I do. I use
0: the left trigger, and I point it to third base, the wrong and I press trigger. Uh, L1, and then the That's guy the on first trigger.
2: base goes. No, no you, you don't, don't press wrong... L1. You, yeah,
1: you... you select him, and you push the bu- – Like, for yeah. that guy, you would push home, like X. Yeah, hit X after you select them and the guy wow. on first day i
0: learned something new every day i'm I was, i'm so bad at base running i've lost games <laughs> because i can't run bases see that's Remember right we lost our
2: tournament i take advantage of that being a good base runner in that game we, and then we could do we can do uh what did we do last season with the show
0: our teams i will never you make you not do easy. that again
2: that was that was awful
1: <laughs> that was, oh, that was the worst a like, lot of
2: time that was like the worst like four or five days of my life <laughs> oh,
1: no. we can actually play them now though because i don't know if i'm getting it for xbox or playstation but it doesn't make a difference now because you have both well i have an xbox one and a ps4 i don't have any next gen yet i though. would like um, an next. i'm tr- if anyone out there
3: knows i want to get a ps5 please that's help me glenn's the only one that's got one my box, right? Please help me. I I need major help. I'm trying so hard.
2: You gotta follow the people on Twitter. And it makes me their... so sad. I do. Know. You gotta know. Things. I do. And
3: then and then Glenn, shut up. And then the <laughs> PlayStation ends up in my car, and then I still lose out on it.
0: Yeah, it makes me so sad. It's unfortunate. Um, I don't know if it's gonna work for the show, but I know 2K. If you have current gen and you buy like the Mamba Edition, you can get the standard edition for the PS5 for free. Yeah,
2: they're they're releasing more information on all that. Tomorrow.
0: Tomorrow.
3: So That's the main reason. Why I'm hoping I want that the I PS5 saw I actually saw 2K. a leak that what was that cash? I'm sorry. The main reason why I want the PS5 is for the 2K next gen because that is sick.
0: Oh, I have it. It's great. Great. Thanks. You should come over and play it. I would rather not. Okay. <laughs> I heard I saw a leak that the um what is it? The um I guess collector's edition, not the standard edition, but the edition up. I heard the cover is gonna be Jackie Robinson.
2: Yes. Um there's a pretty cool chance for that. We'll see you tomorrow. But, that's um, that's getting no offense.
0: No offense to Jackie Robinson, but I would want the Fernando Tatis cover.
3: I was not sure where that was going.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure, I guess. I mean, I don't know. It's a cover. I mean, you get the perk. I mean, you get the cards. I'm trying to
3: get the digital edition so I never have to buy a game again. I don't never have to go to GameStop. Again. I don't know. Never, I like never digital, have to get but, off like off the couch.
2: Games. I'm I never get off the certain couch games again.
0: that I want the cover
2: you know what i mean yeah. i have friends that are like that that they still want the box
3: Whoa, weird
0: <laughs> why is that weird let me see the la- i'll show you the Can't last show a game. personal my preference ball. of mine i don't know i i just would just prefer
3: to never have to leave my house again so that's one step
0: well you can get it delivered
1: to you yeah, too it. much work
2: what do you got I don't know. I
1: was gonna get my the showcase that I got. It's the metal tin Griffy one. It's the last game that, that was. I got.
2: That was a good one. That was that was oh, a sturdy nice. box. That was <laughs> freshman year college. Yeah,
1: it was the last time I bought a video game, like a, a hard copy video game. Oh, uh, you have the
0: digital for everything else.
1: Yeah, from that point on, I'm pretty sure. Gotcha. Me too, Ty. It's worth it. I <laughs> got that the digital t-
0: 2K, and then I got the
1: Spider Man. This game's sick, by the way. It's really Spider-Man? good, Spider Man. I used to yeah. play Spider-Man, I think, on PS2. I don't know. I just swing around New York City
0: all day.
3: <laughs> we have definitely lost the attention of every single viewer.
0: It's fine. I
3: I, think I, I would rather it
1: lose in a, the attention of a viewer at this point in the podcast than two minutes in. So if you're <laughs> losing attention now, thank you so much for losing attention at this point. Okay, they made it over an hour until
0: they lost interest. And so exactly. we started
1: talking about video games.
2: That'll just about do it for yeah, one this more edition of. No. Before yeah, you thing. before Great. you officially wrap
0: up, I know I Normally said to you guys, Ash interrupts my outro. Uh, now it's Scott. Okay, if, you, if
2: you have the chance, uh, go watch uh Alive the Drew Robinson story on ESPN Plus. Uh, yes. Incredible, incredible story. Uh, Jeff Passan did the whole thing. Uh, wrote an article as well that I read. If you have the time to read that as well, go read it on ESPN Plus. Uh, Alive, the Drew Robinson story. Uh, emotional. Um, but incredible story. I'm rooting for him. I hope he can make it back to the big leagues, uh, with the giants. He's going to spring training with them. So, uh, go watch that if you have the chance.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch that. I just didn't yeah. get a chance today cause I was shoveling snow all day. So that is on my list. Um, so yeah. Does anyone have anything else before I outro this?
1: No, I'm also going to watch the drew Robinson story and that'll uh, just about uh, Barstool survivor. <laughs> That's I'm hooked on that right
2: now.
0: All right, sounds good. That'll just be internet this episode yet? of Face <laughs> Art. Oh
2: god.
1: <laughs> Go, Glenn. Go.
0: For for cash, Tyler got money. I'm cutting this out now.